Hi, my name is Alex. And I'm Kylie. And together we'd love to welcome you to our podcast, Teacher Talk, where we'll be discussing all things about mental health and wellbeing issues within Australian schools. We would love to thank everyone who commented on our most recent Instagram post requesting topic suggestions for today's podcast. We were overwhelmed by the amount of suggestions and decided to base today's podcast on Hannah Dream's suggestion. Again, thank you so much for all your suggestions. They really help us understand what topics our TT community are interested in. We have just posted another Instagram post asking for more suggestions for our new podcast. Please make sure you check it out and comment for your chance to appear in our next Teacher Talk podcast. Kylie, why don't you start off our Teacher Talk podcast by introducing today's topic? Sure thing, Alex. Thanks to Hannah, today we are going to be looking into the mental health of Australian students and the ethical, personal and professional challenges teachers and the school community face when making change in this area. The reason why this topic is so relevant and important in Australian schools is statistically one in seven Australian children and adolescents are battling with various mental health and wellbeing issues. Likewise, survey data captured by Mission Australia in 2014 uncovered that around 40% of students are affected by school stress. Wow, Kylie, and those statistics were from six years ago. Imagine what that percentage would be today after the impact of the coronavirus pandemic. I know, that's what makes this topic so crucial and relevant to Australian schools as it impacts so many school students and families across Australia. Yes, it's a real mental health epidemic. What I have discovered recently in schools is an increasing number of students seeking help with complicated mental health issues. I would have to agree with that statement, Kylie. Students seem to be more worried about family stresses, like parents or carers not having enough work or being unemployed, balancing other health issues like chronic diseases and feeling depressed, or different traumas like histories of violence or abuse. I even know of student wellbeing coordinators who have been bombarded with so many new students with complicated mental health issues, it's really worrying. And students' mental health is linked to their physical health and academic achievement, so it is really important. Students' mental health issues also impact teachers' mental health and can have consequences for the entire school community. Yes, I agree. Our Australian schools already had a massive issue with mental health issues, as seen in the statistics. And now I believe it is even more crucial that we come up with strategies and tools to help assist these students. Definitely. Schools play an important role in promoting good mental health. For example, many Australian schools use social and emotional learning, or SEL, programs to teach students to cope with stress, manage their emotions and build better relationships. They often have the word resilience in the title. Such programs have been shown to have a positive impact. They reduce the rates of anxiety and depression, reduce antisocial behaviours and substance abuse, improve peer connectedness. That sounds fantastic, but it seems that SEL programs alone are not enough to combat this mental health epidemic. That's right. Looking after students' mental health requires a whole school approach that considers various factors that impact it. Absolutely. For instance, as found in many educational journals and studies, the school climate plays a significant impact on students' mental health. The school climate consisting of the attitudes, norms and beliefs that make up the school environment 
helping students feel respected, safe and welcomed. Unfortunately, in many schools, it is not positive and the great news is that the school climate is significantly controlled and influenced by teachers and the school community, which means teachers and the school community have a chance to promote a positive school climate through shared beliefs, values and strategies. Yeah, refining the school climate should help students feel safer and more welcome and improve their social and mental well-being. That's right. However, ethically, the school community needs to be very careful before making changes to the school climate since their understandings cannot be relied on educational research as they are based on different school contexts, therefore resulting in incomplete knowledge which may lead to misinformation and uncertainty regarding the appropriate changes that should be made which could have adverse effects on the students. Certainly, that's the problem with educational research. It is based upon the test samples selected by the researchers, which may not be relevant to every school's context. Exactly. That's why ethically, the school community needs to gather student data before making changes to ensure the strategies implemented don't backfire and make student mental health outcomes worse. Yes, that is a very important ethical consideration schools need to consider before implementing any changes. Another thing we know, fitting in peer relationships can be a major cause of stress. Certainly. Research shows that peer relationships are one of the top issues concerning students and causing stress and anxiety. Yes, what's interesting is that students are more likely to talk to their peers about their problems rather than their teachers. Correct. Highlighting the vital role of peer relationships Therefore, schools need to find ways to improve and strengthen student relationships, which can improve student mental health outcomes. Exactly. I have found from my experiences, peer support or buddy systems really helpful. Same here. I have witnessed improvements in students' self-esteem and sense of belongingness, which ends up improving students' mental health outcomes. Another important factor that affects students' mental health is their relationship with parents. Positive family relationships can be a strong protective factor that help prevent the development of mental health issues in children and young people. While if the relationship doesn't work, it can force kids as young as 12 to leave home and live on the street or couch surf. Sometimes if the family is experiencing problems like personal conflict or financial problems, it can really affect children and teenagers. Yes, being a teenager is not easy. The body and the brain undergo major transformations, making teenagers more vulnerable to stress and less in control of their emotions and actions. Correct. Therefore, teachers' knowledge and understanding are really important. They need to be able to recognise when to let some behaviour slide and when it can be a sign of a mental health struggle. Definitely. It could just be a phase or it could be something more serious. And even if you have noticed some worrying signs, it doesn't necessarily mean that the student has a mental health problem. Oh, absolutely. And this is where the parent-teacher relationship becomes very important. Students' mental health is the responsibility of both the school staff and families. Parents and teachers should be able to communicate about the student's mental health if either of them has any concerns. Oh yeah, effective ongoing communication between the school and the family is paramount. An American study found that in half the cases during parent-teacher interviews, parents and teachers discussed problems that neither had reported as their primary concern prior to the interviews. 
and in almost a third of the cases they were neither their primary nor secondary concerns. This happened even though the parents and the teachers generally agreed about their primary and secondary concerns prior to the interviews. These findings suggest that issues can be reframed or looked at differently in the course of communication and so it is very important for parents and teachers to talk to each other. Yes, you should really try to establish a positive relationship with your students' parents early on so that if, if you have to raise a concern, you will meet less resistance. And families can be very different. You could use this relationship to understand more about the family, their views on mental health and the stresses that may affect the student at home. Some parents may be putting very high pressure on the student to succeed, which could negatively affect the student's emotional state. Or maybe the family is going through a divorce. If you know this, you can be better prepared to talk with the parents about the way these things may be affecting their child. Yes, and some parents may disagree with you and deny that their child has a problem and won't allow you to suggest any help and support. This can be very frustrating for teachers, a real personal challenge. But as a teacher, you need to respect the family's views on the matter and their freedom of choice. And some family environments can be really toxic. This is an ethical dilemma that a teacher could face. What do you do if you think that telling the parents that you think their child might be struggling with mental health could make it worse for the child? Luckily, teachers are not alone in this. Most schools will have a student wellbeing coordinator or a nurse or someone else you can discuss your concerns with. You are not a mental health professional and can't diagnose mental illness. But as a caring individual, you need to speak up if you think a student is struggling. As teachers, we have a duty of care to our students. And legally, we are subject to mandatory reporting if we think that the issue is really serious and the child needs protection from the family members. And that's all we have today for our Teacher Talk episode. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to comment on our most recent Instagram post for your chance to appear in our next podcast. Bye for now. Bye bye, TT community. Until next time.